You are listening to the Rising Phoenix podcast. This is a podcast about maternal mental health. Disclaimer, we are not professionals. We are moms who've experienced this ourselves and want to share our stories and stop the stigma. Heads up, some content may be triggering. We are recording from the Stone Sheba podcast studio in Provo, Utah. Check them out on Instagram for more info on our podcast and more. Hey everybody, this is Leslie and we are here with Lindsay. She gets to share her story today and we're so excited about it because she has not shared this story really with anybody, right? Right. So she's being super vulnerable and we're so grateful for that. So thank you. Thank you. Okay, so I have three boys and on my fourth pregnancy, I miscarried. Mm. Um, yeah, it was pretty crappy. Was this your first miscarriage? Yes. I had not experienced miscarriage before. And I actually found out when we were going to find out what we were having. Oh, no. I was 14 and a half weeks. And since I had three boys, I was extra anxious to find out what I was having. And so I talked my husband into going to fetal photos. And um, we went on a Friday afternoon and the ultrasound tech started and she had me sit like she just stopped and I was like hmm (laughs) and I said to she so she gave me some water and she walked out of the room and I looked at my husband and I said something's wrong and he immediately said that's why I didn't want to come here that's why you go to the doctor these people don't even know what they're doing and I was like actually they know exactly what they're doing because this is what they do all day every day yeah this is not a good sign And so she came back in and she started the ultrasound again and she stopped and said, I can't really say anything because I'm not your doctor, but I think you should go see your doctor. The baby's measuring small for how far along you are and I'm not seeing a heartbeat. Oh no. So, wow. Yeah. And how far along did you say? 14 14 and a half half weeks. So we had our 12 week ultrasound and we're in the clear. And I had made my social media post announcing to all of her friends and family that we were having another oh. child. And I had so much support. Everyone was so excited for me. Well, so why wouldn't you? I mean, you were that far along yeah. and in the clear. I thought it was good. Yeah. So um, we rushed to the doctor. Same day? Same day, because it was the end of the day. I knew they were going to be leaving. Yeah. And they did an ultrasound and confirmed oh. um, that there was no heartbeat. So... Um, I had a friend who had been through a miscarriage and I remember her telling me that they give you the option to either have a DNC surgery mm-hmm. or just have it at home. Mm-hmm. And I opted to have it at home when they give you the prescription to take, to put your body in labor. I wasn't having any symptoms of miscarriage. Oh really? Nothing. No, I wasn't having any cramping or bleeding or anything like that. So had I not gone in, you wouldn't have I wouldn't have known probably for a few more weeks unless oh. my body had started to miscarry on its own. When they give you the prescription to put you into labor, they also give you Percocet because it's going to hurt. Yeah. And it does. (laughs) And so everything went fine. Um, But I did take Percocet for a couple of days. Yeah. And yeah. And what I realized was that I could see how people get addicted. Just through the Percocet. That short time because what I noticed that when I quit taking it, Mm -hmm. everything, my heart was so much more sad. Oh. I felt like the Percocet kind of numbed my heart yeah. to what was actually happening. Mm-hmm. I was able to sleep a lot. Mm-hmm. And once I quit taking that, it was really hard. 
I was yeah. like, I kind of just want to be numb again. Yeah. So, um, so how long did you take that for? Did you, why did, what, why just, did you not get addicted just to it? Just two days. Just two days. I am very common. Yeah. I'm very aware of prescription addiction and mm-hmm. I knew that that was not a road I wanted to go down, but mm-hmm. that was the first time in my life where I'd felt like, oh yeah, I can see yeah. why people do this. Even just the normal person. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No background in that. Yeah. Wow. It just, yeah, it just numbed my heart and made it a little bit easier to just deal. So I, um, threw myself back into life pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I think I kind of, I'd never had a miscarriage before. I didn't really know a lot of people that had had miscarriage and a miscarriage. And I was like, I could get back to work. Like I got to yeah. snap out of it. I'm fine. Like, had you, had you told anybody at that point that you'd miscarried? Yes. Well, we told our, our family and our close friends, obviously, I said to my husband, I feel so dumb because I just announced this on Mm -hmm. Facebook and Instagram. And now I feel like I have to do a follow-up post and be like, actually, it's not happening. And my husband was like, no, you don't. You don't owe anybody an explanation. And I was like, but then when I run into somebody at the grocery store that I haven't seen for like six months and they're like, oh, did you have your baby? Then I'm going to have to go through that emotion again. And I didn't want to put my, didn't want to put myself through that. Yeah. In fact, I had a friend at work who I told, and I just asked her to please tell everyone at work because the less people that I had to tell, the better. Yeah. It was just, it was hard to talk about for me. So you went right back to work. I went, I miscarried on Friday and I went back to work on Tuesday. What? At the time I worked with. Do you recommend that? No, no. I don't know who, what I was trying to prove. Like. Just to keep your mind numb. Yeah, I guess. Just to prove that I was strong and that I was okay, I guess. But I wasn't because I went back to work and I worked with five women that were all pregnant within and due within about three or four months of me. Five women that were all? Five women. There must be something in the water, guys. Five women. And, and, you know, before I miscarried, it was really fun because we all shared, you know, our aches and pains and joys and excitement and everything together. So... It was hard. It was hard to go back to work. Yeah. And then the months following that were hard because I watched everybody find out what they were having and have their baby showers and deliver. And it was... Did you go to all those baby showers? No. (laughs) I would have been okay with that. Yeah. Three of my very close friends were also pregnant at the same time. Oh my gosh. It it was going to be really fun. (laughs) (sighs) And I did go to their baby showers, but um, yeah, it was tough. It was. I am a planner and I had my whole year envisioned for what it was going to be like for our family. I was like, okay, I'm going to deliver in August. So at Christmas time, baby's going to be this old and, you know, just thinking ahead. Yeah. And so I miscarried in March and then I felt like, what, what's going to happen this year? Like my whole year that I had planned is not happening the way that I had planned. So yeah. How did your boys handle it? And they're, they're, they were, how old were they when this all happened? My oldest was six. So did he like understand? So we just told them, you know how mommy's been sick. Well, the baby in her tummy isn't going to make it. Mm-hmm. And they were so cute. I mean, they're little, they're young, but I just remember them all hugging each other. Aww. They just kind of stood in a little <laughs> huddle and they hugged and they actually talked about it quite frequently. Really? Like they would bring it up in random times. And I was like, oh. That's sweet. Maybe they had a connection to that little sibling that 
they were excited for you know yeah so you went back to work for all these friends at work and outside of work or having their babies yes what was it like for you when they all had their babies it was hard Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be honest it was hard I was excited as I was for them it was hard for me to not picture where I would be Mm -hmm. like okay at this point I would have been eight months yeah and I'd probably be really uncomfortable and I'd probably have the nursery ready you know those kind of thoughts went through my head did you feel like resentment I mean obviously it's not their fault but like do you feel like what kind of feelings do you feel do you feel resentment towards them I didn't really feel resentment just I didn't I just kind of felt sorry for myself yeah I kind of had a lot of pity for myself um that was that was pretty much how I felt towards that I didn't realize how sad I was Mm -hmm. until I talked to you which was in in like July I think four months later yeah and I wasn't sad all the time I was definitely worse around my period yeah and I just thought I have PMS yeah but my um I was irritable everything irritated me Mm. I was angry a lot I was mean everything everything yes I was mean to my husband I was mean to my kids I did not feel myself Mm -hmm. I just was angry Okay, so what made you talk to me that day in July? Because we hadn't really known each other only for a couple of weeks. Yeah, I I don't know. You made me feel safe. But I do remember that the day before was a really rough day. Mm -hmm. I was super impatient with my kids. And I was feeling a lot of guilt for that. And so I felt like I could share that with you. Mm -hmm. And I just remember you telling me, you, I think you have postpartum. And I was like, really? And you're mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yeah, you were like, I didn't have a baby, though. I'm yeah. like, your body still did. Yeah. <laughs> I still went through all the hormones. And, yeah. So, that got me thinking. And I went home and talked to my husband about it. I said, I was talking to Leslie at work today. And she said that she thinks I might have postpartum. And he was like, yeah, you got something. You're not yourself. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, Okay. So he was supportive in me getting help and he has a brother who's a psychologist and he had talked to him, but we were busy. We had three kids and Mm -hmm. we just kind of let it go. I remember there were times when I felt like I was okay and I would talk to you a lot about it. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was a time when I texted you and I was like, all right, give me the number of somebody. Like I need a life coach. I need a therapist. I need some things because I am not okay. So what? let's visit that space of you not being okay. Like you're probably your worst point. What were you feeling? Just anger and like more than normal. Cause a mom with three boys, you're going to get angry at him anyways. Right. right? So just, but I feel like I'd snap at the littlest it. thing, like their boys, mm-hmm. they're going to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And I would get so frustrated and so mad from zero to a hundred in mm-hmm. a second. And just feeling like I was out of control. Like I can't control how angry I am getting right now. And I know that this is not something to be upset at this upset about. So you were like out of body looking at yourself. Like, what am I doing? Like you need to take a freaking chill. Yeah. (laughs) You're nuts. Okay. I don't know. Like I said, being busy and just kind of, you know, when it was bad, it was bad. And when it was okay, it was fine. And I just thought whatever. Mm -hmm. Also, I didn't think I wasn't, I mean, I was sad, but I wasn't like just crying all the time. I wasn't feeling that. And I wasn't, yeah. I, 
I, that wasn't really a, I don't know, symptom for me. Mm -hmm. It was mostly just the anger, the impatience. So I remember you telling me that you were going to go speak to a group of women at a teepee night that your mom was doing. And I was like, Ooh, what's that? I want <laughs> And come. I didn't want to do it. <laughs> right. But I was like, I want to come support you. I want to come hear you speak. I had no idea what it was, but I went. And that was when you shared your postpartum story. And um, TP is just a women's healing group. Mm-hmm. Just a bunch of women just saying what they need to say. Mm-hmm. It's a word vomit circle. It's, and it's <laughs> magic. It's, it's a amazing. healing circle, really. It's it's amazing. But there is usually a speaker or a theme or some kind of a thought or something at the beginning. And the night that Leslie shared her postpartum story, there was a common theme among all of the women there. Mm-hmm. Everyone could totally relate. And that happens a lot. It does, yeah. So anyway, but this was my first time ever going to anything like that. I had no idea what to say. I didn't know what to share. And listening to everyone share their, you know, what they were feeling. I just remember feeling like I have no reason to feel sorry for myself right now. Everyone is going through something and theirs is so much worse than mine. Why am I even here? Like, I'm not worthy of this. Like, I can't, I can't sit here and feel sorry for myself. Like, I can't believe what she's gone through, you know, Mm -hmm. and totally downplaying what I was going through because it wasn't as bad as what someone else was going through. We do that a lot as yeah. women, I feel like. Like, I don't have a right to feel this way because it's not as bad as mm-hmm. what she's feeling. Mm-hmm. Or vice versa. Right. So I kept going to teepee. And it took me a long time to feel comfortable to actually say what I was feeling. And then when I finally got to that point, I mean, we'd go every other week. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many weeks it was before I actually said what was in my heart. I was always so worried about what people were going to think. I'd never been in a vulnerable space like that. I'd never been with a group of women that were so real and that were not there to impress one another Mm -hmm. and were not there to judge one another. And no competition. No. It's not about who's got the biggest, scariest story or anything. And I finally just quit worrying about my story not being big enough. Mm -hmm. And I just let my heart pour out. And it's, it was amazing. It was incredible. And I really do feel like that is when I started to heal Mm -hmm. and I continued to share the different things that I felt and I was able to get through it. I never did any kind of individual therapy or medication. I don't feel like those were the tools that I needed at that time. I'm totally not against either one of those. Mm -hmm. But I was able to heal through just talking. Mm-hmm. And had you not had a, you not talked to me, I never, I just, I can't think about where I'd be right now. I feel like the healing process with and ending the stigma of postpartum is really a ripple effect. It's like my friend Whitney, and then I shared mine with you, and you shared yours with everyone in that teepee that healed a lot of us that night too. A lot of the women that night had suffered miscarriages. Yeah. And we're able to feel that they hadn't talked about it before then either. And I've had so many friends that I have since going to teepee and being vulnerable and learning how to just be real, mm-hmm. not be just be nice, but to be real and vulnerable. I've learned so much more about so many more of my friends. Mm-hmm. 
and not just about postpartum, but just life in general. Mm -hmm. And I feel kind of naive that I wasn't like that before, but I'm so grateful that I am. I'd much rather hang out with a bunch of real women than a bunch of people who are putting on a show for sure. And that doesn't help either, you know? Yeah. Um, when, when would you say, cause it's been just over a year, two years, excuse me, two years, it's been just over two years. Yeah. When would you say you felt like you were feeling better? Like a month ago. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, I mean, we still wanted to have another baby mm-hmm. and I kept guilting myself because I was like, if I just would have, if I just would have bit the bullet and gotten pregnant right away, I could have that baby by now. Mm-hmm. Our lives would be so different. But I kept setting a date for myself like, okay, we're going to start trying in October. We're going to start trying in December. We're going to start trying in March. And I kept pushing it back. For, and I've done that for two years. And I don't know why. It just wasn't right. Yeah. And um, I feel good now. Yeah. I'm in a good space now. And... And why do you think, what shifted? Do you think just the continual, you know, mental health so that your practice is, you're, you're incredible, Lindsay. Lindsay does meditation every morning. She does affirmations. I mean, well, you're amazing. You're, you're kind to say that, but I do feel like I finally had to give my self some love mm-hmm. and which is hard with three boys and right. you work part time, which yeah. is just, so I just had to. I had to make that time for myself Mm -hmm. and that had to be at five 30 in the morning before anybody else was up because that was the time that I got all to myself. And I feel like I healed a lot through that as well. Just spending that time with myself, meditating and writing in a journal and just, I don't know, getting into a better space. Mm -hmm. Good for you for doing that. Thank you. If you could tell other moms who are going through the similar experience, something What would you tell them? Well, I think that with miscarriage in particular, a lot of women suffer in silence because maybe they haven't, maybe they're not as far along and they haven't announced it to anyone. And so, well, I haven't told anybody. So now I don't, I'm just going to get through this and just work it out. And maybe that's the best way for some people. But I do feel like since I did share on social media, like, unfortunately, I've had a miscarriage. I had so much love and support and I really... I'm so grateful for that. I felt so loved by so many people. And I found out from so many other women that I never would have known who had suffered through miscarriage before. And it's hard. I mean, you're trying to get back to normal life. Yeah. You've still got, I still had my other kids that I had to take care of. I still was working. I mean, life goes on and mentally you're still suffering. You're sad. And so my advice to someone would be to let yourself be sad. And to talk to people about it and don't blow it off just because you weren't very far along. Like I said, don't, don't suffer in silence. Talk to people. It's going to help you so much quicker than if you just let it roll around in your head. I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, Lindsay. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Rising Phoenix podcast. If you feel like you can relate and would be open to share your story with us, please email us at risingphoenixpodcast at gmail.com. For more information on local and national resources for pregnancy and postpartum health, visit www.postpartum.net or www.psiutah.org. We are recording from the Stone Sheba Podcast Studio in Provo, Utah. Check them out on Instagram for more info on our podcast and others. 
Thanks for listening.